When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My name is Jenna and I'm here to help you do all the hard things. I'm a licensed professional counselor with nearly 10 years of clinical and research experience working with people who have some of the most debilitating OCD and anxiety in the world. I'm also a mom, a personal trainer, and a lover of modern spirituality. My goal is to bring you all the research, guidance, and encouragement you need to help you remember and know how strong you truly are. Now let's get to it. All right, today I am talking about two concepts that I think clash with each other a lot, and I don't think that they necessarily have to. In fact, I think if we do some further investigating and just mulling things over a little bit more, which is what I hope to do in this episode, that we'll find that these concepts actually can complement each other really nicely. So today we're talking all about the kind of battle between spirituality concepts and mental health. And are these things contradictory to each other or can they actually be complementary to each other? So what prompted me to go over this in the first place as a topic was I was just on Instagram one day, just kind of floating through things. And I saw this, this post that was actually a little bit jarring for me because I had always just assumed how I practice spirituality and obviously what I know to be true and believe and practice as a mental health provider, I believed always that these concepts could be intersected and that they aren't at odds with each other. But I saw this post that kind of threw that on its head a little bit. And so I really, I I wanted to as much as like instantly I kind of disagreed with the post, I really wanted to honor the topic and I really wanted to just kind of let everything sit. I did talk to several other professionals in the field who I work with in the mental health field. I also talked to other people who I really trust and know spiritually. Um, and so I, I feel like I did the topic justice. And as always, I'm I'm super open. Like I want to know more about these topics and I want to know you know, how this is being received. If you have another element of the conversation to add to this, then I want to know. So please, please, please like, let me know. You can DM me on Instagram. I'm at jenna.overbaugh. You can email me at jennaoverbaugh at gmail.com. I want to know more about this because again, I love spirituality and I love mental health. So to know that there are aspects of these you know, perspectives that can be at odds with each other. I I feel like I kind of personally and professionally want to reconcile that as much as possible. And if there's more that I need to know and learn, I want to do that. So I don't want to call anybody out. So I'm not, I'm intentionally not going to share what that person's account was. Honestly, one, I don't even remember. (laughs) Um, I'm not going to go out of my way to try and find it again because it's not important and I'm not calling anybody out. I just really feel like it's a topic that I truly haven't thought about before. And it made me think about things in a totally different way. So essentially what these posts talked about was how certain magical thinking concepts in spirituality, like the law of attraction, 
they, these can create a lot of psychological distress for people who have OCD, anxiety, and trauma. And when we talk about things like the law of attraction and your thoughts manifest reality, telling someone these things um, when they have OCD and intrusive thoughts, essentially telling them that you know these low vibe emotions will manifest in their lives and that their thoughts create their reality, that these concepts really exacerbate the suffering and it can be mentally torturing. So just the post was saying that this is horrible advice and the law of attraction can be really triggering to people. The concepts of like vibrating higher and your thoughts create your reality. Um, Low vibe thoughts or feelings will manifest bad things. So that was kind of what these posts said. And it got a lot of support. So obviously a lot of people are triggered by these concepts and I get it. So I 100% see how this could be the case for someone who is especially struggling with OCD and anxiety and trauma, but the law of attraction does not equal thought action fusion. And I'm going to go super in depth about why I think that is. So as an OCD and anxiety therapist, and also an unashamed spirit junkie, I don't think these two worlds have to be mutually exclusive. In fact, I think some of the concepts are super complementary, like I've alluded to before. So I'm going to go over what is magical thinking and OCD and anxiety, where this person was probably coming from in their post, and why I totally understand why these concepts of manifesting and the law of attraction could be difficult for someone with OCD and anxiety. So just to give you a recap, so law of attraction basically is a concept that refers to this idea that beliefs... That, that your beliefs can actually bring about positive or negative experiences into your life. So now on the surface, I think we can all get on board with the idea that positive thinking begets more positive thinking and, and more positive events come into our life and vice versa. At least I hope we can get on board with that. So even as a scientist and someone who believes deeply and passionately about the research behind cognitive behavioral therapy... I hope we can all at least somewhat agree that our positive thinking brings about positive experiences and likewise for negative thinking, that negative thinking brings about negative experiences for the most part. I'm not saying it's a 100% equal partnership or relationship, but of course, thinking positively is going to bring about or at least bring your attention to more positive life experiences and same for negative thinking and negative life experiences. I don't really think I can get on board with the argument that this isn't largely the case. So now that we've defined and gotten law of attraction out of the way, we can move on to talking about magical thinking or thought action fusion and OCD and anxiety. So magical thinking or thought action fusion and OCD and anxiety are common distortions or mind tricks that are really common in the disorder. So it refers to this idea that someone's beliefs thoughts, wishes, or desires can influence the external world. And it's actually really common in children, and we've all probably experienced this when we were kids. So if you ever wished for something and instantly thought that like just by wishing for it, you suddenly would have it. So like if you were like me and you imagined or wished for Zach Hansen to just like magically appear and you believe that because you wished for it, it was going to happen. It's kind of like that, except it lingers even beyond childhood, obviously, and sometimes into adulthood. So people with this type of thinking and their OCD and anxiety may think that they have the power to keep bad things from happening by having certain thoughts or by doing certain rituals. So they might think that somehow you know, if we talk about a more clinical example, it doesn't have to do with Zach Hansen. Um, 
if I go down this hallway three times, then I'll be able to save my grandma from having a heart attack. Or similarly, if I don't wash my hands this number of times, then my dad is going to die in a car accident. Think of a plane crashing and then it's going to crash. So it can be that direct. Um, But they literally believe that simply by thinking the thought, it's therefore going to happen or definitely going to happen, which causes them to want to feel like they have to ritualize or neutralize that fear or somehow get rid of that potential feared consequence. So it makes people with OCD and anxiety essentially want to engage in certain behaviors, either physically like avoidance, or they will do some type of mental ritual in their head, like counting or self-assurance and potentially a ton of other things. So on the surface, you can absolutely 100% see how someone would confuse the two terms. So law of attraction and magical thinking or thought action fusion. So that's only though, if, if they're looking at it at the superficial level. So Both concepts obviously have to do with your thoughts having an effect on your external world. On one hand, you have hardcore law of attraction, saying that your thoughts create reality, which isn't necessarily true, and I'll get into that later. And then you have people in the OCD and anxiety community who are terrified of their thoughts and terrified that their thoughts will create more of that in their reality. So with spirituality concepts and the law of attraction becoming much more popular in the media and in general practices... I think it totally makes sense how someone with OCD and anxiety or trauma could hear ideas like the law of attraction and be completely freaked out. So they've been trying to convince themselves either with rituals or with the professional help of a therapist that their thoughts don't have anything to do with the external world and that they did not manifest or bring into form these horrible things that may have happened in their life like trauma. And now they're hearing about law of attraction and suddenly all this information is coming out about these kind of quote unquote magical concepts about manifesting things in the external world. And it could totally obviously turn people on their heads. And I get that because the law of attraction at face value seems like it's almost validating the OCD or anxiety fears while victim blaming the person who's having the thoughts, which is a bad sign, right? Like a bad, that's bad. There's just so much more to it than that. And once I go through it more thoroughly, I'm hopeful that even someone with OCD or anxiety or trauma, maybe if you don't want to necessarily practice the law of attraction or other spiritual concepts, like if that's not your jam, that's totally fine, but at least hopefully not be so triggered and feel so derailed when they hear this information. Because unfortunately, they're going to probably continue to hear it because it remains and becomes more and more popular, it seems like, by the week. And I definitely think that the law of attraction probably isn't a very helpful concept for people who are in certain stages of their recovery. So sometimes it might just be too much to handle. So I believe that in the end, any treatment should be focused on understanding that person's own role in manifesting in their lives. So even with basic cognitive behavioral therapy and exposure and response prevention, it's very choice-based in that we're constantly emphasizing the importance and the role of choice. And I tell people every day that they can't help their intrusive thoughts, but that they are absolutely responsible for whether they submit or resist those behaviors or the rituals. And if someone doesn't really agree with that, or if they can't come to terms with that, they don't really do well in treatment because they're not at the stage where they're ready or willing or able to accept the treatment. So something I might have something someone do to help overcome their specific phobia of, let's say, planes I might actually have them look at pictures of car of plane crashes or read articles about plane crashes. I might have them imagine being in a plane crash or actually say out loud that they're going to get a plane crash. And this is a nightmare, obviously, for someone with OCD and anxiety who just heard this from uh, about magical thinking. 
they just heard all this magical thinking, mumbo jumbo, law of attraction stuff that their thoughts create reality. And so of course it's going to scare the crap out of them, but it's just not how the law of attraction works. So like anything on the internet, the whole idea that magical thinking and the law of attraction is detrimental is just a hugely sweeping statement that isn't a hundred percent applicable or true. So if you push the law of attraction without any work on the trauma or any work on the OCD and anxiety, of course, these ideas are going to be triggering. So the law of attraction isn't a magical solution to problems going away. And unhealed trauma is always going to appear until you heal it. And the law of attraction concepts can be super helpful for anyone if it's used in the right situation with the right awareness of your own personal healing journey. So also just the just the way that these terms were described in the original Instagram post, like simply calling this quote unquote high vibe or quote unquote popular manifestation thinking shows that there is a disconnect in the understanding of the concepts. So the work is way more profound than that. It's not just a hashtag. It's about shifting your limiting beliefs and letting go of the outcome that we think is right. So manifesting is a practice. It's not just a simple desire. Manifestation doesn't occur just by thinking the thought. Even thinking the thought repetitively isn't enough to make something come into form. Like people with OCD and anxiety, they fear magical thinking. They might that they fear that magical thinking is capable of that. Meaning, like if I have the thought, sometimes the thought in and of itself is enough to manifest these things into form. Law of attraction and manifesting, on the other hand, yes, you need to have the thought, but you also need to have what's called spiritually aligned action. You need intention and committed action. There's a difference between manifesting and letting miracles flow freely versus manic manifesting where you're just constantly trying to control what's happening around you. For instance, freaking out over a plane crash and thinking there will be a plane crash. Therefore, that must somehow be more likely to happen. Then, oh my gosh, you ask for reassurance and you ritualize and you have to sit in a good numbered seat to avoid the plane crash and tons of other needy, lack mentality, anxious intended behaviors that would never, ever, ever in the spiritual world be mistaken as true manifesting. There are a lot of people who talk about the law of attraction in a really hardcore way that basically equates to victim blaming. And of course, that can be triggering for anyone with trauma or anxiety. And I think the key word here is hardcore. So I definitely don't follow the practices to that extreme. And I don't think that just because you think something, it will come true. I don't believe that if it doesn't come true or if something bad happens in your reality, then you manifested that somehow necessarily. Again, what I do believe is that negative thoughts beget more negative thoughts and also negative events. And similarly, positive thinking can bring about more positive thinking and therefore more positive events. And I know some individuals who are really struggling with wherever they are at in their recovery may feel like they don't have a choice as far as their thought processes are concerned. But again, choice is going to be central to any CBT-based intervention. I'm always telling patients that you can't necessarily help the intrusive thoughts or urges, but you can help what you do about them. So I think the law of attraction is being that, right? Like your thoughts create your feelings, your feelings create your actions, your actions create events. It's also a matter of where you spend the most of your time. For instance, even as a therapist who does exposures with people for their OCD and anxiety, I wouldn't recommend that someone is constantly thinking about plane crashes. 
In fact, my intention is to get them ultimately to think less about plane crashes. So with exposure and response prevention and with the law of attraction concepts, we're talking about energy shifts here, not just the thoughts. And with exposure therapy, we're reducing the anxiety ultimately and bringing peace and calm to a previously distressing thought or situation. With the law of attraction, you're focusing on feeling good to bring about the highest good in your life. So ERP and law of attraction do not have to be at odds with each other. In fact, like I've mentioned before, I think therapy in general and ERP can support the law of attraction because it helps you raise your vibration by reaching for better feeling thoughts and experiences. I'm hitting the pause button on all of the spirituality talk to share with you guys a product that my son absolutely loves. Eli is a pretty picky eater, which makes for some stressful mom moments over here. Ever since we found Magic Spoon Cereal, Eli is happy and Mama is happy. It's a protein-packed, delicious adult version of some of our favorite childhood cereals. It's a healthy cereal that seriously tastes too good to be true. Each serving has about 11 grams of protein per serving compared to those other cereals that only have one or two grams of protein per serving. Each serving also only contains three net carbs compared to an average of 24 net carbs per serving with other cereals. Magic Spoon cereals are also grain-free, gluten-free, and free of artificial sweeteners and other funky ingredients. They have flavors like cocoa, fruity, frosted, blueberry, honey nut, and my favorite, peanut butter. Eli absolutely loves Magic Spoon cereal, and like I said, he's super picky, so I know the kids in your life will love it too. Give it a try at magicspoon.com and enter Jenna Overbaugh, one word, for free shipping on me. Happiness 100% guaranteed. So there are a lot of other parallels to ERP and these spiritual concepts. So as I was mulling all this over in the beginning, I was listening to a podcast on my Miracle membership portal for Gabby Bernstein. And there was a talk she did where she at the end answered audience questions. And someone in the audience said that she had an issue with anger. So this woman in the audience said that she's afraid of repressing anger. And she's also afraid of expressing anger because she felt that both had a chaotic energy around it and she didn't want to express or repress her anger because essentially both would lower her vibration and cause negative things to enter into her life. So she was kind of like, I can't express anger, I can't repress anger, so what the heck do I do with it? And what this is is exactly what we're talking about with the whole law of attraction debate. So her not wanting to express her anger because she's fearful of the chaotic energy and bringing more of that into her life. And Gabby said something completely perfect, which was that when you express your anger, we can also say fear or anxiety in this scenario. For instance, if someone is expressing their fear to a therapist or saying their fears out loud for an exposure, you feel better. It's not spiritual at all to keep your fears inside and to keep them to yourself. If you give it up with the intention of healing it, that's the key. That will be what helps you manifest your recovery because you're releasing it with the intention to heal it. And as I've mentioned before, intention is huge in this work. You can't just say things and expect them to come true. You actually need intent and you need committed action. Expressing your emotions is where the true healing lies. And this expressing of emotions here with the anger in this example is exactly the parallel for what I may have someone do in an exposure. I have this example um, where, you know, someone has a fear of saying something out loud. So 
a plane crash, for instance. So I may have someone say that out loud as an exposure. I have them offer up the fear. They offer up the anxiety, perhaps even say it out loud. And then while this phrase is something that what I would say in the treatment setting is I would tell them to just sit with it. I just encourage them to kind of let the anxiety be there. In spiritual terms, this is exactly what Gabby was saying, which is to give it up by expressing it and allowing yourself to truly feel. It's exactly the same thing. So surrendering spiritually is the same as sitting with uncertainty in the ERP world. In both cases, you take your hands off the wheel and you let go. You get out of the way and you let whatever happens, happens while you maintain the intention of overcoming your anxiety and your fear rather than focusing magically on the outcome. The most important difference, again, to me is intent. So the intent of exposure therapy is not necessarily to have the feared thing happen. I don't necessarily need or want someone to get sick if they have contamination fears. I don't need them, nor would I want someone to harm someone or an animal if a person has intrusive thoughts about those things, right? So the intent is to attract a weakened fear response when it comes to the ERP. And it also brings up this idea of what we call manic manifesting. So manic manifesting is this neediness and this lack and this desperation that people embody sometimes when they want something so badly that they just kind of manically go after it from a really desperate and needy place. The thing is, you can't manifest from a place of anxiety, from this frenzied and manic situation. You're not actually aligned when you're doing that. My last little soapbox moment here. When it comes to life or anything that you read on the internet, and especially as complex as something like recommendations on how to handle our behaviors and our thoughts and our emotions, you have to be able to eat the fruit and spit out the seeds, meaning you have to be able to consume something and then get rid of the parts that don't fit your needs. And if you can't learn to do that, and I get, again, some populations are going to be more vulnerable and less likely to be able to do that without the help of a therapist. But until we can do that, then we're in big trouble. So we're essentially expecting the outside world to fit our needs. And that's just not an adaptable or sustainable way of going about life. Unless we want to just hold ourselves up and avoid everything or continue to expose ourselves to everything and feel angry at the world. So it's up to us to determine whether something works for us or not. Some piece of advice or treatment modality or philosophical or some spiritual concept. And we can't just expect people within reason, obviously, to warn us every time something potentially triggering comes up or to change our language because something could be triggering to some population. There was a time in my life where women saying that they loved being a mom would have really triggered me. It never occurred to me to ask people to not say it and to expect to not see it, um, it triggered my postpartum anxiety and my postpartum depression big time to hear other women talk about how much they love their baby and how much they loved being a mom. But that was on me. And it was my responsibility to, like I said, eat the fruit and spit out the seeds, to sit with those emotions and ultimately work through them and to try to be flexible with my environment rather than expecting it to change for me or expecting the people in my life to change to fit my needs. And along those lines, to say that these concepts have no place in mental health treatment can also be triggering for the people in these groups who do find these concepts to be beneficial and healing in their recovery. So to those who are healing and using the law of attraction and are becoming at peace because they're consciously helping themselves, these kinds of negative sweeping statements are triggering doubt and potentially re-traumatizing of these individuals for no reason. 
also, if you just take these concepts and throw them out because one little piece that is, is something that does not fit your needs, then you may potentially throw out some other really amazing and totally radical concepts that could change your life and otherwise may be really helpful for you. Again, you have got to take responsibility for what you're letting in. One of my favorite quotes related to this concept is ships don't sink because of the water around them. Ships sink because of the water that gets in them. So you really have to know, and again, I know there are going to be people who aren't as readily able to just be flexible like this, but you have to take responsibility for the filter through which you're viewing the world. And until you do that, you will continue to potentially have that victim mentality and you'll continue to just feel stuck and have that external locus of control. And finally, I want to touch on the trauma aspect because I know that was referenced in the original post, but I talked mostly about OCD and anxiety, obviously, because that's where my expertise is. And I do want to mention one thing about the trauma piece because I think it's ignorant to just not mention that directly. So in my reaching out to the spiritual community, I did get a chance to hear from two women who work really closely with Gabby Bernstein in the Miracle Membership, and they shared with me what they thought and how they thought Gabby would kind of interpret all of these questions. I thought it was really relevant to the understanding of how someone with trauma may respond to hearing about law of attraction and all those other things. So here we go. This is what they said. We often talk about how we manifest our experiences based on our thoughts and feelings, but the rule doesn't always apply. Sometimes we are presented with lessons that we did not attract, but they are intended for us anyway to truly learn the meaning of love and forgiveness on a soul level. There is a quote by the spiritual teacher, Harold Kushner, the God I believe in does not send us the problem. The God I believe in sends us the strength to cope with the problem. So now, as I've mentioned in other spiritual talks of mine, feel free to swap God out with whatever spiritual term you feel called to use. Use God, use universe, source, inner guides, highest self, spirit, whatever. But I really like this idea because it emphasizes yet again that these concepts can't always apply in their rigid 100% form. It also puts into perspective what happens when bad things do happen, which I think is a lot of the reason why these concepts are so triggering for people. So did I manifest my trauma into my life? Are you saying that I manifested this horrible thing happening to me or to someone who I love? And I love that it shifts the focus away from what we fear we manifested negatively into our lives. And instead it focuses on the fact that we did not necessarily manifest that into our lives. We were just intended to receive those lessons in some form or fashion. And most importantly too, that we're going to be sent the strength to cope with that problem. So in conclusion, one size never suits all when it comes to just these general sweeping suggestions or these general concepts The other day I I saw a post from someone saying that it was their self-care to go to bed early because they had a bad day. And me knowing this person, that was self-care because this isn't something that they do all the time. This person generally has good judgment about this stuff. And all in all, it was a healthy decision for this individual. Someone else could have done literally the same exact thing, had a bad day and went to bed early, and I would call it avoidance and dysfunction. These things aren't all black and white. And unfortunately, there's no recipe book or guide map for what to do and what not to do when you feel a certain way or have a certain struggle. You have to take all this information and pick and choose what's best for you. And the good news is, is that you, if you can't do that alone, which a lot of people can't, there was a time where I couldn't and I'm a therapist, 
that's where therapy and a professional can come in and offer some help. So my best advice moving forward for anyone in this limbo state of trying to understand how these two worlds could possibly coincide or in any process of therapy or just their own mental health management and recovery, it's up to you to develop and tweak and to mend your own practices. At some moments in a life with OCD, thinking positive is not the answer. At other moments, it might be just exactly what you need. We are the stewards of our course, and hopefully we get better at knowing what we need for our own healing. And no matter what, this is complex stuff. And ultimately, it's up to us to understand how to use the law of attraction, if at all. And if not, that's totally fine too. Just knowing that these worlds can be complementary to each other rather than in competition with each other or somehow detrimental to one another, I think is the most important thing. Thank you guys so much for listening to my rant on these topics. I feel really passionately about it. And like I mentioned earlier in the episode, if you have additional thoughts on this issue, by no means am I set in stone. I want to be open to learning more about this. So definitely send me your thoughts. For more information and resources, head to my website at www.jennaoverbaugh.com. From there, you can sign up for my email newsletter so you can make sure you are the most up-to-date about upcoming resources, podcast episodes, blogs, challenges, and more. Also, check me out on Instagram at jenna.overbaugh and tune into some other episodes while you're at it. As always, if you have a free minute, it would mean the world to me if you could please subscribe and rate this podcast. Subscriptions and ratings help me keep the podcast going, and it helps me spread the word to other people who need these resources who otherwise may not get them. With that said, thank you guys again so much for tuning in. I love creating this content for you. And until next time, make sure you keep doing all the hard things.